Welcome to Cutting Through, the No BS Pro AV podcast hosted by CEO and thought leader, Paul the Honey Badger Harris. Tune in as we unpack and discover the truths and lies surrounding Pro AV. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an episode of Cutting Through, an Aurora Multimedia podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and folks, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Make sure that as you're listening along, you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for the latest Aurora Multimedia content, so you can get a full catalog of previous episodes as well as notifications when we drop new ones, and make sure you're going to our site for more information on our solutions and services as well. So as organizations look for solutions to combat the COVID-19 pandemic, and make the work environment safer for their employees, their business partners, clients, customers, etc., etc., Diversified and Aurora Multimedia are working hard, too, to provide technology that can be that initial layer of screening protection in an environment where large groups of people assemble and potentially will be interacting in close quarters. So today, the focus of our conversation is on Diversified's Vital Sign, a public safety-enhancing digital signage solution. And Bringing in some expertise to the topic are my two guests, Paul Harris, CEO and CTO of Aurora Multimedia Group, and Jay Leedy, Director of Business Development for Diversified's Digital Media Group. Paul, Jay, great to have you both on. How y'all doing? Doing well. Thank you. Doing doing great. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. It's a pleasure again to chat with both of you today. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into the meat of the conversation here. Obviously, the technology we're going to be chatting about today is very dependent on the context of the pandemic and uh, how it has been used in response to some specific needs employers are having to meet to reopen their spaces. So let's start by uh, expanding on what those needs are today. Can you break down what sort of fresh challenges employers have had to face with reopening their workplaces during COVID and which have been uh, the challenges that have been most difficult to adapt to and why? based on what you've seen and what you've interacted with, uh, with your customers. So diversified, um, has a, a large percentage of our clients that operate in property management and enterprise environments, meaning that, uh, one of the biggest, um, touch points for our client base is those that are operating facilities and ensuring continuity in the business environment. Uh, the biggest challenge since the pandemic hit and, kind of ongoing uncertainty in the market with respect to policy and procedure and uh, really more importantly, what constitutes the right level of safety and confidence in entering these spaces is a way to provide uh, some level of screening that's consistent uh, as well as address throughput considerations and making sure that you're not creating pinch points and bottlenecks while also having some level of baseline logging that can be referenced on an ongoing basis for audit trails and you know ensuring that those safety protocols that have been put into place can be reviewed and easily accessed. Planning and executing uh, these COVID mitigation strategies is one thing. Then there's also enforcing them, which is a whole other set of challenges. Where have you seen employers struggle in enforcing some of these COVID rules and why have you seen them struggle? It's, you know, right now there's been obviously a lot of confusion in the market as to what people should be doing to deal with uh, COVID and how to identify 
what is out there and who potentially has it. So one of the important things that people have to understand when it comes to temperature tablets is they're not COVID detectors, but they do detect the symptom of COVID. And typically when the people have the fever portion of it, uh, in m many cases, they are spreading the disease. So what ends up happening is this acts as a way of increasing the odds in your favor that you're not going to contaminate someone and cause it into a spreader situation. So it's an, it's part of this is about an odds game and making people feel comfortable. So while there, yes, there are asymptomatic people out there and you don't know if they're sick or not, that's where the masks come in really handy. And these tablets don't just verify that you have temperature. They will verify that you have a mask on and following that protocol uh, and, and attach it to any database that you want to. It will also make certain that they fill out uh, using gestures, uh, so you don't have to touch the panel, uh, the CDC, where it asks you, have you been near anybody? Have you done this? Have you done that? And that also allows them to honor system, but state that they haven't been near anyone near with COVID. So it's more than just a temperature tablet. It, it is more of a complete solution that addresses all aspects of it to minimize uh, any potential contamination within the facility. And it goes even well beyond that. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Is you know, it, it, it we say that to our customers all the time that this this is not a an, a virus detector or a you know a pathogen detector. This is a a screening tablet for temperature checks that senses um, acceptable range that could be indicative of a problem, whether it's COVID or other airborne viruses. So there's applications beyond the you know COVID specific interest that's driving the market and uh, you know opportunity for suppliers of these devices as well as customers to specify them um, in the interest of providing a safer environment overall. And it is one of multiple measures that need to be considered. Um, and there's variables that can impact the results of these scans as well. So ambient conditions, for example, if people are coming in from extreme cold or extreme hot, businesses need to factor in how to address a, essentially a acclimation period before someone would submit to a scan. Um, and if someone registers out of acceptable range and indicates that they have a temperature, what then? There's other you know, considerations that need to really be factored in as a comprehensive set of protocols, um, but this is one of the easiest and most obvious ways to screen for what might represent a threat to an environment and prevent someone from, as Paul had said, you know, entering and spreading potentially and exposing the staff to or, or visitors to um, something that could be a threat and, and potentially shut down the business that's just trying to get reopened. Have you found that signage or uh, visual reminders have been useful in helping enforce any of these mitigation strategies? And we'll get here to uh, Aurora's Reacts and Diversified's Vital Sign uh, a little more uh, focusedly here in, in a little bit. But I just want to better understand, are y'all seeing 
employers uh, turn to visual solutions as ways to try to uh, promote enforcement of these policies? Yes or no? Why or why not? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a really strong desire to a be able to at a glance, see what's happening on the, the screen of the vital sign unit, um, either from a distance um, or completely separated and remotely monitored via networked uh, screen mirroring or HDMI based screen mirroring or, you know, generating and um, pushing those data points to logs that could, you know, be generating notices, uh, either audio or visual or a combination um, so that the people that are responsible for monitoring the results of those scans are uh, able to maintain a safe distance and, and not risk exposure themselves in the event that someone that is um, symptomatic is actually in their proximity. But also we're seeing a, a, an interest in, um, you know, visually creating stop-go type signage and automation. So uh, either leveraging these signs themselves to that effect and having, you know, essentially a graphic overlay on this, the top of the application that automatically can tell people based on other inputs like density sensors or uh, occupancy sensor platforms that, you know, a given space represents low, no, or high threat based on the capacity of the individuals in that space uh, and automating those notifications directly to devices, either in combination with a vital sign unit or directly on the vital sign unit itself. That, that seems to be a, a growing desire in the market. Yeah. And to, to further add to that, one of the nice things uh, about these units is with the React control engine built into it, everything's fully customizable to the message that needs to be delivered for that particular install. Because no two installs have the same message or the same procedure that they want to deliver. So being able to control that message we found was ex extremely crucial. And that's one of the great things about it is that it can be catered to the need of the particular facility. Uh, it can direct them, it can do whatever they want. Even for example, like using education as a great example, and this is where you get a really good return on value of these products is they like to do what they call man traps. Person comes in other than a student, they can't go through the door until they're approved to come in. Well, this becomes more than just the temperature check or the mask check uh, or the questionnaire form. This actually becomes uh, the ability to see who's at the door with its security capabilities since it can stream the data live uh, and allows them to even trigger things like a relay that would open up the door when they're given their permission or maybe even take a photo of their license. So when it's integrated in at a higher level, which is what Diversified uh, brings to the table as one of our integrators, it becomes more than just a standalone tablet. It becomes immersed into the entire application and gives a much better return on investment simply because it's doing more than just being a temperature tablet. It's being a security device. It's it's being a logging device. Uh, it's being so much more when you actually look at it. 
We actually um, took the React engine and kind of the core capabilities of that and leveraged that into the, the application that we built that's specific to the diversified flavor of Aurora's tablet, which is called VitalSign, and have enabled the end user to be able to customize those messages because of exactly what Paul just described, that you know the need to address architectural differences, um, business process, workflow differences on, you know, in, in some cases, the same customer in different facilities with different use cases and um, helping to guide people more automatically through what happens next in the event of a pass, of, of a failure, of a pass with an exception, meaning that they've, they've passed either wearing a mask, but the temperature's out of range or the temperature's within range and there's no mask. Those messages can be tailored to um, those specific scenarios by the end user right on the device. I'm glad you brought that up. That was the uh, next thing I wanted to break down was that Aurora's React's temperature check tablet technologies, like you said, the the core of what powers React's is now in Diversified's vital sign solution. So let's break down exactly how that works and why you integrated said core technologies into your vital sign solution. Just go ahead and give us more context again on, on how these technologies work in practice and why Aurora ended up partnering with Diversified for uh, utilizing their core tech in vital sign. We leveraged a technology that is core to Aurora's product. And, um, you know, one of the reasons that we identified Aurora as a great fit as this market was opening up and there was a flood of potential providers for temperature check kiosks is that A, we had a great relationship with them already, but B, this React engine being JavaScript based and able to integrate across a range of third-party technologies and platforms allowed for a lot of customization. Um, And as we started to kind of explore what the most common use cases would be as we built our own unique flavor of the user interface and kind of user experience component, we determined that it was likely that many of our end users would want the freedom to be able to make changes on the fly themselves versus us doing that for them as a service. So we we kind of, you know, loaded that into the experience um, to ensure that that was possible and and meet a, a need that we anticipated would be desired in the market. But we also have a lot of additional integration capabilities that are available on a per fee kind of professional services basis that we have not yet made available as a part of our core feature set. And we're currently in, in an ongoing basis kind of combing the market, monitoring customer and um, our sales team's feedback on what the most desirable next features um, would be and kind of weighing that out against, you know, what the most common third-party platforms in the market is, whether it's visitor management systems, uh, access control systems, human capital management systems, timekeeping systems, uh, and really trying to, you know, ensure that we're, as we're allocating our, our resources for future feature releases, that um, we're meeting the, the broadest market uh, demand as we can. From uh, Aurora's perspective, any one of Aurora's dealers can utilize Aurora Reacts engine in order to facilitate any customization that they want to. But what makes Diversified uh, a little bit unique is they have this very intricate backend system that allows them to monitor all their devices in the field. And they took that customization 
And they took what we've already done and they value added even more into it to another level. Some of which I can't really totally go into, uh, but some which I'm sure they can always explain in more detail. But they created this so that way they can do a full remote monitoring of all the facilities. So if anything happens, they can be there to support them and to facilitate it. Their programmers also developed their own unique interface and their own methodology of how it flowed as opposed to what is default right out of the box. So while what we have is very powerful out of the box, it's not the end all for the product. It really can be expanded upon or even stripped down if necessary to meet the requirement of that customer. And that's what Diversify did very well is they took this product and they made it their own and they literally owned it in a way. They just really highly integrated it in and showed a lot of the power and capability of, of what it is. So that that's, uh, that's really what impressed us with uh, their version of what they did with the product. When comparing VitalSign to any of the other products out in the market that try to achieve something similar, that try to deliver a visual solution and a security solution for COVID mitigation, how does VitalSign compare and what are some of the advantages VitalSign has due to its combination with the Aurora React temperature check technology? Great question. Thank you. So uh, one of the biggest differences we think is that really it's about the, the mix of diversified clientele and that we have a, a number of Fortune 100 clients, government clients, and we want to be able to sell confidently across our entire customer base in addition to new customers with a degree of confidence that we're committed to data security and the same degree of integrity we would have in handling that data as any other solution that we put in the market. So that was important in thinking about who we would partner with and knowing that Aurora is a US-based company with manufacturing in Hong Kong and final assembly capability here in the US, it gives us the ability to deliver a solution in combination with all of the work that Paul just mentioned in our back end and you know, device management and monitoring, but also kind of the unique root level um, management that we're afforded to this device to ensure that this is a, a secure solution that is free from some of the uh, potential traps that could be incurred by specifying something that's straight out of uh, any number of markets that you know might have a let's say a, a less equitable means of of handling data uh, for uh, a, a number of reasons we feel that you know the way that we've gone to market offers that and in addition to that uh, we love that it's got a, a landscape format and a 16 by 9 screen so that's more conducive to what is core to digital media group's business which is digital signage and at the end of the day the customers have really gravitated towards the idea that this device can serve a purpose in their facilities long term rather than being a one-trick pony as strictly a temperature check kiosk and by that i mean we can offer this you know as a solution for lightweight digital signage not something that's you know as robust as you know multi-day parted kind of dynamic uh, playback templates but you know certainly serving the need for corporate communication, situational awareness, you know, just general communications in a digital signage format. 
Was the temperature check component something that you felt was critical to the vital sign solution from the very beginning of its conception and design? Or was this a feature that was added in response to COVID needs or uh, due to a developing partnership between Diversified and Aurora? I guess walk us through how it culminated in a combination of these technologies. Speaking for Diversified, I can say that, you know, this was absolutely uh, an opportunistic development as a result of a very specific market situation in the rising kind of constraints to access of a range of environments because of, of COVID and the coronavirus and the you know ensuing pandemic. You know, we certainly have worked with, uh, you know, a number of kind of commercial grade tablets and other touchscreen devices for, you know, check-in kiosks and digital signage applications. But uh, the this particular device, uh, the the temperature check component and the firmware associated with driving that as well as the software for the the sensor. And more importantly, the quality of the sensor that Aurora had uh, secured was, you know, a a big factor in our, our, you know, ultimate decision to move forward with Aurora. And Paul, from y'all's end, what motivated the Aurora team to want to partner with Diversify and uh, offer the core technologies of Reacts to their vital sign solution? Well, I wish there was a grander thing to say here, but they're one of our <laughs> integrators and, you know, we don't refuse any of our integrators. Love that. Uh, so, they saw what we were doing. They presented what they had intended to do. Uh, we did work a little bit closer than we usually do hand in hand because of the type of uh, integration they were looking to do, uh, which, like I said earlier, it, it goes beyond what typically people normally do, which w- is what really made it a very unique and different product all on its own merits. Uh, and I like that. If anybody knows me very well, I, I like a good challenge. I like products that really differentiate themselves and, and just don't do what everybody else's does. So anything that intrigues me like that, I, I, you know, as a company, we usually try to take things like that on because it helps the industry. It helps progress. It helps make things better. And I, I think variety is, is the best thing for any industry. I'm not a big fan of people being complacent. And uh, you'll see there's certain temperature tablets now on the market. They're all the same tablet. They're made by one or two manufacturers. You got 30 of them claiming they're the real manufacturer. They're all coming from overseas and they, they don't do nearly what they're supposed to do. And it really makes a mess of the industry. And in this particular case, there's a lot more control and it's got the support structure. So whether it's our support structure through authorized dealers and only through authorized dealers to make certain uh, that the customers get the support that they deserve. Um, but in the case of, let's say, Diversified, they aren't just box selling a product. They back it up. They will support it and educate the customers and do everything that's needed even after the sale. And to me, that's very important and does a better service to the end user who's buying these things. Let's get a little more info on the operational specifics of the vital sign product in the field. So in terms of operation, how hands-free is the technology and uh, how does it actually work for someone to 
enter, uh, approach vital sign, get their temperature read, get scanned, and then enter the room if they you know meet the temperature requirements. Go ahead and break down exactly how that plays out. Sure. Yeah, it, it's 100% contactless once it's set up. So um, once the device is installed and configured, which is all with uh, a very simple to follow on-screen set of instructions and uh, you know some QR codes in the event that there's additional more in-depth configuration required. Once all of that is done, which is done directly on the touchscreen, there's no need for anybody coming in and subjecting themselves to a thermal reading to touch the device. In fact, they don't have to get any closer than uh, really, you know, it's a, a range of between 18 inches and 30 eight inches, somewhere in that range. So uh, really no closer than 18 inches to register a scan reading. Um, we have a overlay that is able to be toggled on or off to help with alignment. So there's basically an outline of an individual's head shape um, that the subject would align themselves with. And the screen will register a reading with a color change and, and if desired. And an audio notification in the form of a, either a ding or a buzz that is, you know, either pass or fail. And once that reading is generated, which occurs with within about an average of about three and a half seconds, uh, and we've built some logic in there to ensure that, you know, it's as accurate as possible. And there's, you know, so basically it's a couple of different readings that are happening to create that final most accurate reading. Once that's done, they get a notification that is in the form of a message that's visible on the screen. If they linger in front of the device, an additional um, extended pop-up message um, overlays in front of their image so that they can clearly see what the next steps are based on the business process that's been defined by the end user. And again, th those are messages that can be tailored directly on the device in the settings menu by the end users at the vital sign installation. What has demand been like for the vital sign product in recent weeks as the COVID pandemic continues? Break down sort of what the response has been like and uh, what you've heard from customers. I can tell you what we've experienced at Diversified, and it's probably good to hear from Paul for kind of broader market demand. We saw, and I think this is fairly common with the, the whole of the market, a really, really high demand in late spring and going into early summer. And largely, we think that that was because of uncertainty and a rush to need to, to solve, as well as to some degree, a little bit of fear about what was happening in the market. As we move through the summer, and uh, I think optimism around a potential vaccine for COVID was being kind of socialized in the media and uncertainty about what the policies were ultimately going to be, especially in um, higher and lower education. Policies were being uh, formulated in, in many enterprise and um, real estate management markets that ultimately informed whether people wanted to make an investment in these types of solutions or not. Um, all of those have kind of, you know, basically what we saw was a softening of the market going into the kind of mid to late summer. Um, but what we've seen as we've gone into the fall and now into the, the last quarter of the year is that it's clear there's not going to be a vaccine um, in any time soon. And if so, not in a, a large enough quantity to make a difference yet. We also have seen policies that looked like 
you know, in the cases of like Facebook and Google, for example, who issued, you know, statements saying that uh, people were going to be able to work indefinitely. Um, a number of those companies are seeing uh, um, their corporate culture and company culture uh, being compromised at the expense of, of virtual employees. Uh, you know, I, I myself have been working virtual for a long time, but I certainly am sensitive to the fact that, you know, FaceTime is is valuable and being in front of my colleagues and spending time with them, um, working shoulder to shoulder is valuable. And I think a lot of these companies are seeing similar situations manifest as a result of this virtualized workforce. So we're seeing this ramp back up and we're seeing uh, companies that um, issued large initial orders start to reorder and double down on um, on environments in which, you know, they really have a a heightened urgency to get people back into the uh, to the office and uh, you know uh, provide workspaces to address some of the the challenges that are are kind of prevalent in virtual workforce. I'm I'm very fortunate that you know one's very self sufficient as as a 16 year old and you know doesn't really make a lot of noise when I'm in my office. But um, I, I certainly have colleagues that have a number of young children and they find it extremely challenging to get their work done and focus while they've got kids in the background trying to do school virtually as well or being out of school and, you know, a, a distraction. So we're, we're seeing this pick up again. Um, I, I don't know if you're seeing the same thing on your side, Paul, but, um, you know, that we, 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 it's, we at least see that there's a, a growing interest in having an answer as a result of, of not having the answers that we hoped we'd have as a society, you know, as we went towards the middle of the summer. I mean, a lot of what Jay said is is on target, and I'll add a little bit more to that. So, yeah, as he said, right around the April, May, June timeframe, and even into July, uh, very hot and heavy demand uh, for this. People thought they were going to be able to reopen. Schools were getting ready. So, education's been a very big purchaser of this technology. People, like I said, want to want to minimize the obvious. And what they're also going to find about this technology, it's more than just COVID. It's being prepared for the next potential uh, breakout. It's also good for flu or just, you know, it minimizes any type of sickness that is really unwanted in any type of facility and just increases the overall quality of life without, you know, putting others at risk. But as far as the technology itself, what we've seen as a whole is there was a very big surge and then it settled down where there was, you know, not nearly as much, but regular sales on just a normal day-to-day -day basis of people in the background slowly reopening. Um, what we're seeing right now is now that a lot of schools have retracted and not opening up, a lot of that market segment has now stopped proceeding because if you're not opening, then why do you need it? And same thing goes for corporations. Uh, I think a lot of people are waiting to see what happens uh, politically with the election. They want to see, as he's pointed out, the vaccine, but the vaccine's not going to be an overnight miracle. That's going to take over a year before anything really useful becomes of it because you need a lot of people to have it. And with the uncertainty of the quality of the vaccine and other issues that are coming about, it's not going to be an immediate solution. So, and even with it being implemented, you still want secondary safeguards uh, in place. Not to mention that now that everybody's seen what can happen, we saw the rush for thermometers and everything under the sun that people couldn't get their hands on. Uh, this will at least put into place 
kind of like think of it as an emergency backup system where if god forbid something does happen again they're ready to go they're not one of those people last minute trying to put something into place to keep the lights on and to keep people working it's already in place for them to turn on at the blink of an eye or in our case because it does so many other things it's constantly being used and viable for many other facets so we do expect there to be a surge at the end of this year uh, as people think that January might be another time frame where things might start reopening again. Uh, and then definitely uh, come April, May, June again, I think we're going to see another surge because uh, I think a lot of schools are going to feel more comfortable that in 2021, there's a better shot of getting kids back to school. Uh, and then you're going to see a lot more people wanting to get the technology those who wait too long will be in the same situation where we can't get enough materials to build things like everybody was having. And those who prepare well ahead of time will have the things in place and ready to go um, for, you know, for making everybody feel comfortable. So as businesses, schools, public organizations, and really any sort of facility under the sun continues to try to adapt to COVID and uh, reopen their stores under this sort of, um, I don't know, perpetual environment uh, where COVID looms heavy. Uh, what's some advice that you have for how they should strategically measure what their needs are and whether or not the vital sign solution or the REACTS temperature check technology is going to be useful for them? Yeah, I, I think um, really it's a matter of, of thinking about how you want to convey a degree of confidence in entering spaces for both visitors and staff or students. You know, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty and uh, subsequently fear in the market, or at the very least confusion as to what the right protocols are. So something as simple as submitting to a temperature check that, you know, provides that level of confidence visually, as well as, you know, provides a degree of logging and tracking that is anonymized, but, you know, also can be tied into third-party systems where individuals, you know, that are part of a um, environment and um, are critical to those operations have, you know, at, at least a means of understanding where they they are physically and that there's no threat posed or at, at least a minimization of that threat. Um, that, that can help us, I think, re-energize uh, these environments and, and move more safely uh, into enclosed areas um, across a number of, of sectors. From a strategic standpoint, it does merit some further conversation, honestly, with uh, the business partners that are accountable to operating these spaces. So it's not strictly just throwing a temperature check kiosk into a receptionist desk and you know telling the receptionist that she's the one that's responsible for this. There's other considerations that have to be factored in. And part of that is, like I said earlier, you know, thinking about areas for people to acclimatize from extreme hot or cold as they enter a facility, positioning it'll sign units so that it is, you know, able to register um, accurate readings on an ongoing basis. 
And um, if in the event someone is outside of that acceptable range and registers as, you know, showing something that may suggest that they're symptomatic, whether it's with COVID or a standard flu, um, what what then? What, what's the process? And, you know, is that going to comply with, with HIPAA and all the other considerations that kind of come into the, the human resources uh, components of a business operation? Um, but I do think, you know, that this is something that certainly can provide a, a degree of confidence, much like, you know, what we willingly submit to as we go into uh, airports every day. And um, this certainly could be a component of that process and in going into you know, various checkpoints um, that include uh, a range of other safety measures. All right. I think that does it for our conversation today on the podcast. Thanks again to our two guests for joining us and giving us their insights on the diversified vital sign solution, Aurora's Reacts temperature check technology, and some of the ways that these technologies are supporting employers and facilities managers during COVID. Again, we've been chatting with Paul Harris, CEO and CTO of Aurora Multimedia, and Jay Leedy, Director of Business Development for Diversified's Digital Media Group. Jay, if folks want to find out a little bit more about Diversified and some of the work you're doing in this space or learn more about your vital sign solution, where can they go online to learn more? Yeah, thank you. And uh, thanks for having me on. Um, you can find more information on our website at diversifiedus.com. And we have an entire microsite under our main website that is dedicated to business continuity. So not only vital sign, but other solutions that integrate with or can be standalone um, in addition to vital sign. All right. And Paul, thank you again for joining us. And if folks want to find out more about the Reacts temperature check technology, anywhere we can send them online to learn more. Sure. Uh, that and all are great products. Aurora, A-U-R-O-R-A-M-M.com. Perfect. Paul, Jay, thank you both again for joining us. Pleasure getting to chat. Same here. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of Cutting Through on Aurora Multimedia Podcast. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure that you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you next time. Music